Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 7. I'm Jack. I'm just, just sick of these mofos, man. Shall I just... I'll just do the whole pod in her voice, shall I? Uh, I'm... ASD and I'm sorry that I've been caught saying these things. I respect ESPN as a professional uh, media outlet and I'm sorry I've been caught. <laughs> Best intro ever. Um, and Jordan was <laughs> making his debut on the pod today. We have new Jay. Expat Jay. Expat Jay. Hello everyone. Uh, long time listener, first time joiner. Good to be on the show. Um, yeah, look forward to chatting a bit about Spurs. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, Jay, as it's your first time on today, we thought we'd go through the questions that we ask people that join us for the first time um, to find out a little bit about, firstly, why they're a Spurs fan. So so why is it that you follow Tottenham? Uh, well, I think it began in probably in the early 80s uh, when I was, my dad was a Spurs fan. Um, so, you know, I remember we just about had colour TVs then. Um, and I remember, you know, watching the likes of Ozzy Ardiles on the telly, Gary Mavert, you know, some of the some of the big names, um, and just kind of, you know, I think influenced by my dad, and just, you know, got into football through watching it on there, and you know, got my first Spurs shirt for Christmas, that sort of thing. So I think well, I was what, about. What year was that? Tell us what that looked like. Uh, goodness me, I think that was probably eighty four, eighty five. So, yeah, um, and just followed them ever since, really. Um, uh, but, you know, also like Real Madrid and got a bit of a soft back from Nottingham Forest as well. Where's that come from? Oh, random, mate. Brian Clough, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and can you remember what your first Tottenham game was? Yeah, vividly. Um, uh, it, was, it was 1990. I was about 12, 12 years old. Um, and uh, a mate of mine at school uh, at the time, Rob Weston, if you're listening, Rob, thank you very much. Um, his dad had a had a corporate box, um, or corporate seat, sorry, at, at White Hart Lane, and every now and then games would come up, and that was, and I had the, the luck of being invited to uh, to that very to that very game, and it was it it was. Um, uh, it, it was a, a Man City, Man City against Spurs. Uh, we won 3-1 um, and, you know, Lineker uh, scored in about two minutes. Um, then City equalised pretty soon afterwards. And then Lineker and uh, Gaza put another two away against them. Brilliant. And that was, for me, that, you know, the, the, just, just being it, that was my first ever you know, Spurs game. And I think just being in the stadium at that, it was so electric. There was so much singing and chanting and banter. Um, and it was just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, bearing in mind, I was I was sat in these corporate seats and I remember there was a point in the game, I was 12 years old, and it was all very, a bit stiff there, but I loved all the singing and dancing all around it. But there was a point where the referee made a bit of an awkward decision. Everyone started screaming, the referee's a beep. And I stood up and followed suit. And I remember my mate's dad just looking at me like, I think mean, you'll be coming again, son. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was just that, that match for me was brilliant. You know, seeing Gaza and Lineker and, um, you know, and beat, beat City, fantastic. You know, um, really, really great. So, yeah, that was, that was the first for me, first of many. 
Brilliant. And I mean, not a bad way to start because a lot of the time we ask people what's your first Tottenham game, and nine times out of ten it's a horrific home defeat. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally dreadful, so that's a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean, Don, you've that just joined. Yeah, to take away a three-one finish as well, uh, really, really good. I think you know it was a good. Wasn't one of the best eras for Spurs, you know, the the that that time. But I think you know that. I think the year after that, I think we won our first eight games. You know, off the back, which you know, pretty pretty impressive stuff. You don't see that anymore, do you? Well, not for a long time, anyway. No, no, no. So, but you know, obviously the early '80s when I started supporting them, you know, Aussie IB this year. So there was a, there was a few a few good wins wins yeah. for Spurs back then. Have you ever done corporate, Don Jack at Spurs? No, I've never done it at Spurs. No, I I, I wouldn't want to, to be honest. No, I've, I, refused I, I've, I've done it quite a few times, actually. Um, I was lucky enough to work for a company, as ASD knows. I've, I've done corporate loads and loads of times. I've, I've been lucky enough to sit at the same table as Steve McLaren when he was England manager and Daniel Levy. Wow. Which was, well, which was very interesting. What do they talk about? Yeah, it was it was it was really in, well. It's interesting because Levy didn't like Steve McLaren. He actually told Steve McLaren to move seat so that we could sit next to him. <laughs> really, really funny. He's like, no, no. He's like, oh, Steve was going to sit next to him, and he was like, no, 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 no. You can sit over there. They can sit next to me. Um, uh, it was really funny. Really funny. He he is quite a down to earth person, actually, Daniel Levy. You can see that he's. There isn't, um, you know, he's not on his high horse or anything like that. He's definitely quite down to earth, up for meeting new people, which is, you know, you have this, I don't know, you reading the press and seeing that he's a, a master in the, in, the go, in the negotiation room, you start thinking, oh, he's going to be a really um, hard man to impress. But he was just like, you know, come sit next to us in the director's box. Fantastic, fantastic day. That wasn't the only time, but that was... That was one of the best times. The other time we were um, invited by, I can't even remember who our sponsors were at the time, but it was, a, I want to say it was Mansion. I think it was Mansion who were the sponsors and we were invited and we, we got to give away the uh, Man of the Match champagne to Tom Huddleston. How have who, we never talked about this? I know, it's weird, but Tom Huddleston can't dress to save his own life. <laughs> Seen how he came in to accept this trophy. I was like, mate, sort your tie out, man. You just <laughs> horrible. It was really, really horrible. But yeah, yeah, quite a few times I've been lucky enough to sit in boxes. But it's not, it's not great. There's nothing really to write home about. You, the first time's the best time, and then after that, you know, kind of, yeah. Especially as a Tottenham fan, you, yeah. you're sort of looking around and thinking, well, I should yeah. be out there. All right on European nights though, because you can drink you can drink beer mm-hmm. in, in corporate, but you yeah. can't in the ground. So that's that's the best thing about corporate. God, I've only sort of done it once. I've never been in a box. My third ever game. So my first game was Villa in two thousand eight, then Leeds in two thousand ten, the two two draw. Remember where oh. was it? Dawson gave away a penalty in the last minute. We went yeah. and um, went up there and lost two one. And then my the next one was Chelsea where we won two one. I think it was Bale and Defoe scored. Lampard got one late on for them. Really late on, yeah. But the the seats I had were from Barclays because I was working with them at the time. But they were West Upper, literally next to their away fans. So we had the Chelsea fans, you know, mm. armed police, 
that tiny fence that they had, the little yeah. concrete barrier, and then me. Like Brilliant. these are the and it, everyone around you was like in suits and in obviously they're on a jolly. And then it was just it was the worst placement to put people for the worst because you know what it's like because it's just horrendous next to the Chelsea yeah. fans. You would never take anyone out there. Horrendous next to any away fans, let alone Chelsea <laughs> yeah. fans. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Brilliant. Um, Jay, another question for you then. What's the best Tottenham game that you've ever seen? Uh, oh, I could definitely answer the worst. Podcast, I think. Um, I think the best game for me, it's got to be champion, that champ, the last Champions League against Juventus, I think. Oh, really? What, the I one we lost? So, yeah, I think, I think that was just, you know, imagine coming out on a pitch, you know, Ronaldo, and they put such an elite squad out on that game, didn't they? And then, you know, for us to do, do what we did in that game, I think, I think that was pretty amazing and pretty full on. And, you know, I think for me, I was just edge, edge of my seat stuff, I think, for that. And I think... You know, it was just the build-up, the whole excitement of the Champions League, and you know how how we're getting on with it, and we've never been that far. For, you know, it was, it was just brilliant. You know, so, so you obviously it didn't didn't end well with Liverpool in the end, but you know we went on and did a good job against PSV and all that. But yeah, I think that Juventus game for me was uh, was was pretty good. I think when was that? That was February, wasn't it? 20, 2018, around that time, I think. Um, Juventus game. Yeah. Who played Juventus? They knocked us out. Yeah. Which game are you talking about? I mean, you know, that, that half that from that that kick, that that goal that Kane scored from the from the from the halfway line. Just, that, that, that was um pre that was a pre season game though. I think think you get him mixed up, yeah. Up. Yeah, pre season game that was, I think. Maybe I am. But yeah, that Juventus game I think was that was the best one, I think. Yeah. And what about what about your worst then? Yeah. I think it's got to be some of the losses to Arsenal, I think, for me. Yeah. yeah. They're always bad, aren't they? Always. Always. Too often as well. Well, my, my, not, not as many in recent years, but um, yeah, yeah, going back to sort of like early 2000s, it was horrific. We were like celebrating a draw back then, weren't we, against them? It was terrible. Yeah, I should say that because what, back then, where you're just, you know, it's Arsenal, it's Chelsea around the corner. You know you're going to lose. Yeah. And I, I think I went to Stamford Bridge. It was at the beginning of the season under Martin Yole. And we lost the game. I come out of there and like my mates were like, oh, so we lost again. And I was like, no, I'm really, I'm actually quite excited about it. Because it was the, it was the, the introduction of Aaron Lennon. Routledge mm. got injured and Lennon came on. And even though we lost the game, there was such a positive buzz around. All, in fact, pretty much. All the away fans were all like, you know, singing because we 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 discovered Aaron. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I, I like those days. I actually like those days because in some way we can look back and think that you know a draw wasn't that bad. As we always, almost looked at football as in even if we didn't play well, sorry, if we didn't win, if we played well, we could leave a ground feeling yeah. some positivity. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Tom. Good point. Yeah. And then, and then, Jay, what, if you had to put together your all-time one to eleven Tottenham team players that you've seen play, like what what would that side look like, and like, and who who's the standout player or players in that team? 
is there a time time frame for that? No, literally, like, if you were just to, able to build a, a side from all the players that you've seen in your lifetime, like what what would that look like? Who would be some of the guys that would make that side? Okay, so players in my lifetime. Okay, yeah. so if we start goalkeeper, well, I would say Pat Jennings, but mm. he was I didn't see him. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd say Loris, to be honest. Lawrence, yeah. You know, I think the keeper he's done as well. Then you know you've got to have Ledley King in there. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think Gary Mabbott on the on the left back. I think controversially, I'd put Sol Campbell in there as well. I thought he was brilliant. You know, that Judas stuff. I think you know he was, he was brilliant for us at the back. Um. I'd, I'd put Toby in there as well. Idlewild right now as well. You know, present day. I think you know fantastic. Um. You I mentioned Gaza earlier as well. Gaza would be in the midfield, would he? Who, Gaza? Yeah, you mentioned him. Like He's always one that whenever people have seen him play, they always just say about what a fantastic player he was. I mean, Gaza, I'd put him, I'd put him right in there, yeah. You know, with Hoddle and Modric in, in the midfield. Not a bad midfield three, that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's delicious. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Luka Modric for me, I think he, I think he's magic. I think he's brilliant. I love watching him play now, still at Real Madrid, you know. But I think he was great for Spurs. He just outgrew, outgrew them at the time. But yeah, so Hoddle, Gascoigne, Modric, um, and then you know, I mean, up front, goodness me, you, you've got so many, haven't you? I mean, obviously there's Jimmy Greaves, who Kane's obviously just beat, almost beaten his his record, hasn't he? I think. Obviously, not did on the 200 from last night. You know, he could have got 202, couldn't he? Yeah. Really. He had two great chances. I'm sure we'll go on to talk about that. But Robbie Keane as well, another great, another great forward for me. Yeah, um, Lineker, Gary Lineker. You know. Um, oh, yeah. But you know, I think if I if I whittle it down, and you, I know there's those fantastic players I've just mentioned, but for me right now, the Son Kane Bale. Mm. up front forwards for me I think that's magnificent mm. you know and I, I just so looking forward to seeing how that how that turns out but I would go with those three yeah. present day up front so um, and you know I think for me manager wise toss up uh, would be between Venables and, and, and Potch oh you put Potch in there that's, yeah that's big yeah yeah, yeah, I'd put yeah. Potch in there. It'd be Venables or Potch, probably, probably Potch. Wow. Yeah. Wow, not bad. I mean, the attacking players you've got in that side is pretty silky. So they're pretty definitely, silky. They're definitely <laughs> goals in that team, wouldn't they? Definitely. Um, brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, Jay, that's, that's a brilliant start to the pod. Great to sort of hear all about why you're a Spurs fan, sort of your favourite players and your games and experiences that as a fan so far. So that's brilliant. And um, we've got a couple of games that we want to talk about as well on today's podcast, starting with the victory over Brighton um, at the weekend. So, Don, why don't I come to you first with that? Did you see the game? And if you did, what did you make of it? Yeah, I watched the game. Um, you know, hats off to Brighton. I think they played really well. Um, and I think there was a slight nervousness going into the game. Um, and, you know, we were very fortunate enough to get a penalty, which kind of, in some ways, sort of settled the, nerve, settled the nerves of some of the players. Um, I've got to be honest with you, mate. I'm not, uh, I'm not really sure. It, it seemed as if the front two at some point weren't, we, we hit the post a few times and we had chances. 
But it seemed as if they, I don't know what exactly, it's kind of weird. I wish I watched the game again because it felt as if Brighton were doing something. They were like, I don't know even exactly what position it was, but it seemed as if they were doing something to stop us from playing. They weren't aggressive. Um, Before the game, I called it, I thought it's Lamptey versus Reggie. I thought that was kind of who gets the better of who would determine who you know, would determine some sort of advantage to, to each team. I thought I thought Reggie didn't have the best of games. But I've got to be honest, as, as I've seen him, I know he set up the goal for Bale. I don't think he, there was moments in that, that 90 minutes, big moments where he just didn't look right. Um, Can I give you some stats on Reggie? He passed the ball forward further than anyone else, nearly twice as much as in the number two, which was Hugo. And he also ran with the ball forward um, the second most amount, only behind Toby. So he that's did the, something. That's the difference for me with um, with Reggie coming in. If we look at the other fullbacks that we've got in the squad at the moment, and we think back to the days of Walker and Rose, like he's bringing that drive into the defence. And like, how many times do we sit where a team will just sit in two banks of four against us, and it's difficult for us to pass our way through? He just gets the ball and runs with it. And all right, he might give it away a little bit, but he's quite unpredictable with how he dribbles. And it's like he's one of the few players in the side that genuinely can go past someone with pace. So I'll take your point, Don. I did think that there were a few times he looked quite shaky. Um, yeah. but I actually thought that Brighton pressed us really well. I know yeah. you were saying about you, you weren't quite sure what they did. I think that they got their pressing game bang on against us because they let us have the ball in certain areas. And then when they felt like the press was on, they went and they all went. Um, and you know what? I think Brighton are a half decent team, to be honest. Like the, the last four or five games we've played against them, they've caused us problems in all of them. I know we've got a few wins, but they've not been easy games whatsoever. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I think when we play them, we're just one of those teams that they probably quite enjoy playing against because our style maybe sort of suits theirs a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think that we played that great at all. But sorry, mate. I wasn't sure we deserved the win in the end. Uh, like you know, it's one of those games where it was. It felt a little bit harsh on Brighton that that we beat them, but in the end, like I, their goal definitely wasn't a goal. It was a hundred percent assault, a foul by Solly March. I, I don't know how they got away with that. It felt like there was no one anywhere that thought that goal should have stood, apart from the referee. So if it's, there must be a personal reason for the referee to do that. I, I, I don't know how that stood. Good finish, and they played through us after the, the foul. Issue, the issue I've got with their goal is not that he made the mistake during, not the referee made the mistake during real time, because yeah. that can happen. It's the fact that he then goes over to the monitor, which we all want to happen, and has a look at it three or four times and stands by the decision. And like, I don't know if that's like an ego thing with that referee that is like. I'm, I can't correct myself. Yeah. Because like, there's in the heat of the moment. All right, he might he might genuinely have thought, no, that's not a foul. But there's no way you can watch that back and not see it's a Stonewall free kick. Well, he hasn't that's, got a game this weekend, does he, the ref? Yeah. So it's just sort of like, I, I feel like that's the only sort of explanation why he didn't overturn it because he would have to be overturning his own decision. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, I thought Bright. I thought Brighton. I thought they did well. They probably would have deserved a draw. The difference for me this season is the fact that. We're not playing particularly well. It's one-one. There's 25 minutes to go. You can stick bail on, and you've got that yeah. depth. You've got that depth off the bench. Whereas, like, if you think back to the last three, four seasons, you're looking around on the bench, scratching your head most of the time, turning to Lamella or, you know, that that's about it, or a lump to go up front. Like, there's not, there's never really been that much quality in terms of our strength and depth. 
But the fact that, you know, I look at our bench every game now and like there's four or five players on there that you think they can come on and completely change the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that's what we've got now. And, you know, Bale came on. All right, he, he probably didn't have that much influence on the game, but he had one chance and he put the ball in the back of the net. And it's like that's that is why he's been brought back from moments like that important goals in games where you would have drawn or lost turning them games into victories so it was fantastic and again it's another example of us just being able to win when we're not playing that great and it's like that's such a skill that you need to have if you want to be at the right end of the league so I was really pleased I didn't think it was the best performance in the world but um, one of those difficult games where you just just got to do what needs to be done to get the three points mate can we we talk about the foul because I don't think our goals I don't think it should have been a penalty to us and Stone, I know Stonewall penalty. No way. So, well, so Lalana fouls him. He's always going to foul him, right? He's never getting that ball, and he's climbing over Kane. That I take, and it was in the box, right? So that bit. But Kane looks behind and sort of bends over to foul the man in the air. He doesn't go for the ball. That's my problem. He doesn't even attempt to go for the ball. So for me, it's it's a double foul on each other. Where none. So, none of them... so I'm I'm going to. I get what you're doing. It's clever play by Kane. Yeah. He sees he sees where Lalana is and he, he sort of eases back yeah. into him, knowing that Lalana's that stupid to jump up and he gets a foul. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. So I get I get it, I get what you're saying, but it is it it's a foul and because of where it is, it's a penalty. It's 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 so clever. I, I totally I don't even think Kane thought it was a penalty. I don't think he played for a penalty. I think he played for a foul. But it just so happened. If Kane goes for it, right? If he jumps for it, he's getting a massive knee in the back. He might get nutted and he ain't getting the ball either. Like, I, I get that. My, and my, I think the problem for me is it's so dangerous for Lalana, right? And the, 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 if you do that in rugby, like it's a yellow card, like a, which has a bigger difference, right? It's a sin bin for taking the man out in the air. That's my biggest problem. I get it's a foul and that's that's modern football and everybody does it. And I think Kane's been picked off just because he's so prolific, right? Tall, the tall poppy syndrome. It's just, I, I, I get it when people are saying it's a foul because something needs to be done in the rules about this because that, that's not right, I don't think. And I, I'm like... He's winning a, a penalty, I guess. He's winning the foul, and I totally get that. There's just something not right about the game that that's allowed. I, I, I think I think you're right. Something has to be done about it. But that's maybe that, again. These are VAR moments. That's VAR to actually think. Well, he looked back. He knew Lana yeah. was there, and he played for it. That's definitely a VAR moment. A ref can't really call that in real time. Yeah. But VAR can see that. So, yeah, I can agree with you if VAR is doing its job properly. And it's hard as well because I guess one of the things we're discussing is intention. And it's, you can't discuss intention, especially not at, you know, when it's in slow-mo either. Like, you just can't know it. It's just, it, oh, I don't know. It's about think, safety of players, I think. I think, I think, it's, I think it is a penalty. Uh, I've, got a few, I've got a few points on this. I think... Don's point on VAR, I'm not sure how VAR can really help with that kind of decision because we're we're sat here debating it. So it's like if I'm the on-field referee and I give a penalty and ASD is doing the VAR, you're going to say it's not. So I think it's it's an extremely subjective decision. I think some refs would give that as a pen, some wouldn't, which is definitely a problem. And this is the same thing that we've been saying sort of since football began with referees, right, that we want consistency with it. Um, I just think it's good play from Kane. I think that he's seen that it's Adam Lalana, who's an attacking player in the defensive position, coming steaming in to try and win the ball. Um, he sees an opportunity to, to gain advantage 
puts his body in, in a, a, a position which means that Lalana's going to make contact with him and foul him, I think it's a penalty. I don't see... I get your point about potentially it might be dangerous play, SD, but I think that most footballers in the box, if you look at a lot of penalties where there are fouls, the attacking players, nine times out of ten, playing for it. Like yeah, they try, yeah, yeah. They're trying to draw the defender in to do something... So then you can, you know, go over, make a foul and make the referee make a decision. So I think I think it's definitely a, a foul. I think anywhere else on the pitch that would get given. Why does it need to be any different because it's in the penalty area? On the flip side, if I was a Brighton fan, I'd be feeling extremely frustrated because it's one of them that in modern day football, it's a penalty. But it's like it's not. It's like um, when we played United at the start of lockdown and Pogba got the wrong side of Dyer and Dyer touched yeah, him yeah. and went down. It's like, it's a penalty, but it's not. Like, it's always going to get given. You can't do it. But those kind of decisions are the ones that are most infuriating as a supporter. Um, yeah. But I just, I just think it's Adam Lallana. You know, like he's he's played for Liverpool. He's played for England. He's played at World Cups. It's like, he's an experienced player. You're like, if... If an 18-year-old making his debut does that, maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt. But for me, if I was the Brighton coach or players, I'd be saying to Lallana, like, what are you doing there? Like, you're on, you're inside your own box. Like, if Lallana does win that ball, he's going to head the ball back to his own goal anyway. Like, it just, it seemed very, very clueless um, from my point of view for a player with a lot of experience. But, yeah. I mean, I'm glad he done it because, you know, as soon as the ref gives a penalty, it's just 1-0. They might as well not bother. It's- like, I've never a guaranteed goal. Like, there's no player I've ever seen where you guarantee a penalty more. Not Lampard, not Ronaldo. There's no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, and it's like, like as soon as it gets given, there's not even one percent of me that's like he might miss this. I'm just he, like, like, that's one nil. Did he miss one for England? Like I was trying to think of it. Did he miss one a while ago? He's he's definitely missed one. Yeah, he missed, 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 missed a couple for Spurs, isn't he? He missed, he missed at Liverpool. Do you remember at Anfield when we had the penalty to win it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we got another penalty to draw it and he took it again and scored. Yeah. And then um, didn't he miss on his debut as well in the Europa League against, was it Hearts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I mean, not sure it was Hearts, but yeah. That's, that's a long time ago. And a nil, it was a nil-nil home draw, I remember him missing. But I mean, he's, the guy is so clinical. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was the Brighton game. Um, Pochettino was on Monday Night Football, which... If you haven't seen it, go on Reddit, go on YouTube, just find some clips of him. It was brilliant listening to him talk just about football, about his philosophy. Obviously, there was the extended bit about his time at Tottenham. Um, did you all see that? And if you did, again, what were your thoughts on on listening to him talk about it? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Cause it's, it's wrapped up in so much emotion, right? It's, there's, there's the facts about how badly we played and performed and how bad the results are we can't forget how awful it was even the Champions League run we were awful it was 18 months of really difficult to watch football right now he wasn't backed we're in Wembley but you know Wenger had the same thing and he kept them in the Champions League 10 years in a row it's it's I don't know it's but it's nice to see him He's looking well. He's be, obviously been using. Have you seen that barbecue of his? Have you seen that with the in that, stamped yeah. in the metal? He's yeah. got his magic, you know, and he's obviously been using that every day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's lovely to see him. I I wouldn't swap him back, uh, but it's nice to. I hope he writes a book. Uh, it's it. It's nice to see him well. It's like. It's like if I went home and I saw my ex, I'd go, oh, you know, it's nice to see you. I hope you're happy. I'm happy with what I got. You're not going to do a trade, no? I'm not going to do a trade. <laughs> 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 
Well, the interesting thing for me with Poch is like, I mean, I, I love listening to the guy talk, and you're right, as do it's about the level of emotion. I just think like every time he he makes these appearances on Sky Sports, BT, or whatever, it's like I don't know if another English club can appoint him. Like he's clearly still too emotionally involved with us. That I'm like, I look at that and you think, you know, Solskjaer is going to be gone at United in a matter of weeks, right? That's just a ticking time bomb. And it's like, on paper, he would be fantastic for Man United, Pochettino. Like, everything that United want to do in terms of rebuild young players, a certain way of playing, like, it'd be perfect for them. Yeah. But it's, it's almost too emotional. Like, if it was the other way around and, you know, we were United fans, I'd be looking at that thinking, he's not over Spurs. Like it's just it's it's just too much. Like so, I don't. I'm very intrigued to see where he ends up going next. And there's no doubt that he will be a success, and um, because he's a brilliant, brilliant manager. But um, he's he's clearly not over it. You can just you can tell, can't you, just by the, his tone of voice when he talks about Spurs that there's still so much love, pain, anger, and frustration in his voice when he's talking about us, which is um, understandable. But um, I think it's going to make it difficult for him. Like going to another English club. Like imagine him coming back to White Hart Lane. Imagine him being United manager and when the fans are back in, whenever that is, him him being in the opposition dugout. Like that would just be so weird, wouldn't it, for him and for everyone? I just, yeah. I think he's too emotional for it. I think he'd struggle yeah. United. I think he'd struggle there. I think you know he's not one for big egos, mm. um, you know, and he's he, and big characters. You know, all of our squad were luckily, you know, didn't have the massive egos in it. Um, I was going to say you say that but when he took over we did have some big egos we had guys like Adi Bayor but mm. the thing was we were lucky enough you say he wasn't backed but he was backed enough to get rid of the big egos and go with the youth and that's what I think was that's the difference are United prepared to literally give him the reins and say you know I'm not going to call out players but Pogba you're gone you know you know, Maguire, you're no longer captain. Those those sort of big calls that he made, I'm not sure United are going to allow him to time to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I yeah, I don't know how he'd deal with a Pogba, you know, um, or a Matiel or someone like that. I think it'd be a, it'd be a big, you know, and I I think I agree with you, Jack. I think you know he's too emotionally still too emotionally tied to Spurs. I think imagine that, like like you say, him turning up at up at the lane with, 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 you know, sitting on the bench with United. Goodness me, the emotional. It's just too much. It's too soon, I think. I agree with you. Too emotional. It was brilliant to listen to him, especially like all the stuff he was saying about Bielsa as well was, was so interesting. But I think he's one of those guys, Potch, and I put um, Arsene Wenger in this category as well. That, like, whenever they start talking, I'm just instantly gripped yeah. and I could just listen to it for hours. Him... Um, Arsene Wenger is one of my favourite people to listen to just talking about football it's, it's absolutely fascinating um, so hopefully Potch is back in the game soon and if he's not I'd love to see him doing more of that more punditry stuff because he's, he's absolutely brilliant at it um, let's talk a little bit about the Europa League now so Ludogretz away which was a 3-1 victory for us um, ASD why don't I come to you firstly for this one being the, the person in our podcast group that loves the Europa League more than anybody else um, you, must, you must have been in the element. I, it's because what you get from the Europa League. I'm going to defend myself here. What you get from the Europa League is a chance to see people you don't often get a chance to see. You get a chance to see teams you'll never see again in your life, and they're usually either ridiculously bad or quite comfortable. And last night was just comfortable. Last night was the biggest mismatch I've seen Tottenham ever play. Because if we played our second team, you think 
we're just better than them. But that was ludicrous how good we were. Like no, ludicrous. Ludicrous, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, he's here all night. And the, I mean, what was it? Within 19 seconds, Kane was in one on one. And the worst shot you've ever seen him, like the worst first touch I've ever seen him, is hilarious. Um, Jermaine Jenner's on commentary. Just, I swear, he reduces my brain like the size of my brain every time he opens his mouth. He's it's he's awful, but it was it was just run of the mill. It was just it was like we often say it was like kicking a midget in the bollocks. It was just holding them at arm's length and just slowly kicking them. And like you got to feel for them, they're just not very good. They're, they're just not a very good team. I can't believe the cap. The the one thing, my favourite moment of the match. Do you remember the um uh their winger whose name is uh Tech Petty when he did that shot cross, but like hit it so hard almost out do, do you remember that it was, it was a throw didn't it yeah. yeah but it was like what were you thinking there's nothing good that would have come from that brain that that movement um i thought it was unfair to him like we we were what two nil up at half time cruising and then he just brought on like who was it hoiberg he brought on who just instantly solved all the problems we had of like not being able to retain the ball not really moving on and I'm sure you're going to talk about Winksy in a minute. And then we brought on Sun. And but he just passed the ball forward, didn't he, Winks, last night? <laughs> you know, are you, are you, where do you stand on Winks? I'm not a huge fan of him, to be honest, mate. Um, but I think he played well last night. I think he did all right. Um, like I say, he moved the ball forward. Uh, he did a cracking ball as well. I think, you know, a cracking pass. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 it's cool. Because I think he had a pretty good game last night. And I, I'm quite a big fan of his just because, I don't know, there's a player in there. I just, I'm not sure if he's been used right. It might, like we've always said, he, he hasn't progressed in the last two seasons at all. And that that's my biggest problem with him. But it's very difficult one to talk, to get excited about yesterday. We we went, we did the job. We The interesting thing is we had to go and do a job there because of the games that we've got coming up. So we had to go out, dominate, win the game. And I think he, he used the squad quite well for that, really. And when we saw Bale and Son start, Bale, Kane, Son start to link up, it was a real joy to see. And Mora had a half decent game, I thought. Yeah, yeah. he needs to score more, though, Mora, doesn't he? He needs to get involved a bit more. Yeah. My thought. But on on your um, you know, point there about you know winning more, I loved what Mourinho said on Twitter today. He said, you know, our biggest. Um, the biggest mental problem is that we don't go for victories all the time. We hope to win rather than demanding to do so. Mm. And there is nothing more truer said. I love that man for saying that. I think like, you know, that is spurs all over, isn't it? You know, every game we go out to, you know, where the Man United and that, well, not so much any, at the moment, we beat them 6-1, right? But, you know, <laughs> really, uh, a couple of the teams in their day, they're have a bit extra left in the tank and they'll turn it on and get that goal. And that's what Spurs have always lacked, right? That bit extra in the tank to go and get it. So yeah. I love that statement by him today. And I thought it was said at such a good time. Um, and hopefully, you know, all the players are thinking that as well. Yeah, you can really see that in whenever any ex-United pundit is is on, or you can just hear how much they're missing. Like there's a, there's a, a factor in that team that Ferguson nailed into him just a nasty you win every game at all costs you give your best because it's all for the shirt it's not about you and we didn't have that in the second half and he said that in the post-match interview he said first half was fine we we controlled it it was a good performance second half we 
the def- the transition from defence to at the top wasn't quick enough, and we let them have too many opportunities. And he's right. That's what I'm really enjoying about Mourinho. Why I wouldn't swap him with the ex? It's just because he's he's being very honest with everything, and it's very transparent. And he's saying the stuff the fans are talking about as well. And it's I think he's I think he's doing a cracking job. And I don't know. I'm quite, I'm quite I was I was happy with last night's performance. It was very boring to watch. It was very 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 dull. Just because there was no challenge there was a. So I was just going to say, just in yesterday's game, how did you guys feel about um, Benitez's performance? I thought, I don't, I'm not really sold now. I, I know he had a good first game, and maybe I'm going to be a bit harsh because he's only played like three games, and I think the total amount of minutes isn't even, well, it's not that much, is it? It doesn't even reach two games, so... It's hard, isn't it? Because I, I just feel like are we are we heading for another Vincent Janssen? <laughs> are we heading where we're going to have to we're overusing Kane, and then he gets injured, and then we thrust Vinicius into the limelight, and he he shits himself. <laughs> is, that, is that where we're heading? Uh, I think I think that's a, I think that's a bit harsh, Don. Um, I think from what I've seen, it's, it's been limited minutes so far, right? I think his debut when he started up front, he got a couple of assists, didn't he? Looked excellent. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's a player that is going to be completely reliant on one good delivery up to him and two players getting around him. Like he can hold the ball, like it goes up to him, and nine times out of ten it sticks. Like he doesn't strike me, and again, it's limited minutes as somebody that's maybe going to be a clinical finisher and get you bundles of goals. But he strikes me as a centre forward that's going to be able to link play very, very well and bring others into it. But when yeah. you've got a target man and you're hitting long balls forward and your full backs are playing 40 yard diagonals, you've got to get bodies close to him. And I thought that in the second half last night, he was quite isolated for um, for large periods when he came on. It was difficult for him. It's not it's not like Kane, is it? Whereas like if Kane is not getting the ball, he'll just go and play centre midfield for 10 minutes and get on it and, you know, just completely change the game. Whereas I don't think Vinny's really going to do that. I think he's going to, I think he's going to stay up top and, and really wait for the ball to come up to him. Um, also, on that first game, I thought that he had more quality around him. So he was able to do this, this because he yeah. had some, you know, he had the quality around him. It was the second game where he got taken off at half time. I don't think he had the, the same players around him. So there was a moment in where he got taken off. In fact, you know, we all said this at the time, but the the, the game against uh, Antwerp where he got taken off at half time, I thought that it was harsh that he got taken off. He was the one player who he doesn't deserve to be taken off. Mm. Yeah. So, um, Centre forward always. Centre forwards are always the position, aren't they? Like when a team's not playing well, it's centre forward or the winger that tends to be the first one that gets taken off. It's just sort of the way football tends to go. Um, the Antwerp one was, I mean, it, as, as Jose said, he could have taken all the outfield players off at half time, couldn't he, in that game? Like, we really stamped the place out. Um, but I thought we did all right when he came on. I think that, look, we've got to give him time. At least we know, he knows he's going to get minutes, doesn't he? Just because the amount of fixtures that we've got. So that's good. Um, but for me, the, the, the game against Ludogorets, it was so important that we went and won because, you know, you've got ourselves, Antwerp and LASK that are on six points. So three teams on six points. It's a tight group. Yeah. Um, it's a terrible group. Like we're the best team in that group by a million miles. But at this point, it only takes one dodgy result. And then all of a sudden you can be scrapping around. Um, mm-hmm. So it was massively important that we went there and got the job done. And I thought that was reflected in the slightly stronger team that he selected 
um, compared to probably what he wanted to have sent. Like, you wouldn't really want Kane starting in those games. Um, but because we know we needed to go and get the victory, he sort, he sort of had to. But again, I think it's brilliant management that 2-0 at half-time, take him off. Like, yeah. how many how many times have we watched us over the last few years where we're 2-3-0 up and Kane plays the full 90 and you just think, it's crazy, like, what you're doing. So I, I think that's really, really good that we're managing his his game time properly. And, you know, the fact that Sun came on in the second half and set a goal up after 15 seconds or whatever it was, Amazing. was pretty ridiculous. Like that's got to be one of the fastest assists in European football, surely. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's absolutely bonkers. But look, really, really important that we got that win. Cause like I said, if we'd have, if we'd have drawn last night, it would have just made what should be a relatively comfortable group for us. That little bit more difficult. Um, we've got Ludogrets next in the Europa League at home. Um, so I mean, we sh- you know we should be winning that game, um, and that will near enough get us through. Then at that point, um, yeah. we'd have to sort of really cock the last couple of games up to, to not get through. So it was yeah. it was good last night. Like ASD said, it wasn't the greatest game of football to watch, but the fact we can win like that, brilliant for me. Can I, can I give you a couple of stats? Uh, that was only our second away win in the last ten away Europa League matches, which is an absolute shocker for us. One two drawn two lost six. Uh, they've lost. lost yeah, that's a shocker, isn't it? But Let's talk about Harry Kane. So at the moment, he's the top scoring Premier League player in all competitions with 12 goals and 13 appearances. But And that's 12 goals and 10 assists in 13. That's disgusting. And he's got 101 goals in his last 135 games. And out of the 200 goals he scored, 100 have been away from home. I, I, I don't know what more you could want from him. There's the no weakness. There, there's no weakness anywhere. There is there. Like, there's nothing you can throw at him to be like, oh, he only scores at home or he only does this. Like, his goal scoring record is absolutely ridiculous. And for me, it's just a matter of time until he breaks Jimmy Greaves' record at Spurs and Alan Shearer's record in the Premier League. Like, I genuinely, like, I can't see him not doing it. No. No. And it, no. I, it, it's almost worth sitting through Soldado, Adebayor, Defoe, Pavlyuchenko, sitting through all of that to now have this just absolute gold player. But we're never going to be able to replace him. It's going to, it's like when Bale left, there's no way you're going to replace him apart from a hundred million pound player. But, but I'm enjoying it when we got him. But that's what you say. Even then, like, even if you gave, you can't replace, even with that type of money, like there are some players that what they bring is just, when that goes, you, like, look at United. Look when they lost, you know, some of their core players. Like, you, there's just nothing you can do. And Barcelona will be the same when when Messi goes. It's like there's just certain guys that are freaks, and they only come around once every hundred years. And it's just like there's nothing, there's nothing you can really do about it when they're gone. You, you're just not going to be able to replace them. And you've got to come up with a whole different way of playing. Because um, I mean, he'd get in any team in the world. Like, I, I wouldn't swap him for Lewandowski. Like, I know that Absolutely might be a bit not. of a mad statement, but like. I genuinely would not swap him for any other centre forward. And I think I said this last week. The thing, the biggest thing about Kane is that he's he's as good as a nine as he is a ten. And it's like he can play two positions and he's arguably the best player in the world in both of those positions. That is how crazy it is. Um, we're extremely lucky to have him. God, if something happened to him or he left, we'd be in yeah, trouble. Yeah. We'd be in trouble. A brilliant player. Um, should we talk a little bit about West Brom? Because that's the Premier League game this weekend. Um, Sunday, I think it is, early kick, midday kickoff maybe on Sunday. Um, but there's an opportunity if results go away that we can go top. Um, so, again, a little bit of pressure, which is a good thing, I think, to see how we handle that. 
West Brom look absolutely dreadful. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Um, so I mean, we can't beat them. Like I, I genuinely think Ludogrets would give West Brom a decent game. Like I, I actually think that the game last night might even be harder than the weekend. Like I look at West Brom, and this will be famous last words. Watch they'll turn us over now. But I look at them and just think like they don't look like they can defend. They don't score goals. They don't control possession. Like I, I, I look at that and just think I can't see us not scoring three or four goals against them. If you showed people a game like a West Brom game and a Leeds game, you can say they both came up from the lower division last season. But no one would believe you. Yeah. Now you know I've got a soft spot for him. Like I, it's the away game I've done the most. Um, yeah. we've done that together. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a lovely little place. There's a great pub near. It's just a nice ground. Uh, but I think we're going to smash him. I think we're going to win the league. I don't see us losing any game this season. But over. Thanks for joining everyone. This yeah. is second is the lowest <laughs> we'll be this season. You you heard it here first. Mate, how sp- would it be the most Spursy thing in the world to win the league and we can't see it? Do you know what I mean? To not be in the ground. That would just be. How sad is it not to be able to celebrate Bale's goal? Bale's first goal. Imagine what, what that South stand would have been like against Brighton, like 10 minutes to go off the bench, gets the winner. The we would all be going absolutely mad, wouldn't we? Like, yeah. It is a shame, but um, like, I think I think we'll beat West Brom. I think it'll be clean sheet. I think we'll score three. I think it'll just be a, a, a solid victory. What, what did Jay, uh, Dom, what do you both think? All right, Jay, go first. Uh, well, I think, you know, they've got a pretty leaky defence, haven't they? So, um, you know, I think it's a good chance for maybe Mourinho to put out Ali, uh, Vinicius and um, uh, Bergwin just to see, you know, what how they fare. Um, I think that'd be a fair shout to give, give them a run-up. And I think, I, I agree with you, I think it should be a solid win. Um, it'll put us up the top again. And uh, we shouldn't really have any problems in that game. But, you know, as as we all know, uh, with Spurs, it, you know, it, we could uh, <laughs> we could run into difficulties. But um, fingers crossed we won't. What do you think, Don? I'm, I'm, I'm with Jay. I'm exactly with Jay. I was almost like trying to lead you guys down the road when it came to Venetians. Because I think if there's any easy games out there, this is the easiest game to not maybe start him or at least introduce him into the Premier League. I think that he had the opportunity at Burnley. In fact, he was warming up before yeah. Sonny scored. Uh, he was just coming on. And I, I think that this is, and they're, they're at the bottom of the league and then they're a half decent side. But but West Brom are, as you said, just like probably one of the worst teams in the league. And I think it would be good to see if he could have some sort of contribution in that game. And I also agree with Jay on on Ali because if he wants it, this is this is the stage to kind of do it. If you don't, then I can't. I, I can kind of see him. I can see that's it really. I think that come December or when the transfer window opens, he's he's out of here. But I think that this would be really the the last last chance to loom for him. Yeah. So um, yeah, Bergwijn he needs a goal, and so I'd like to see them involved in this game. If not all three, at least one of them to be involved in the game. Um, I like what I like what Jose did against um, Ludo Gretz. I think that playing Sissoko, taking Sissoko off for Hoybier was a, was a good move, giving them both sort of 45 minutes. I think we need both of them in in this game. Um, I wouldn't play Winks, um, but I would definitely look at those three 
Stevie, Delhi, and Vinny. Yeah. And I think we'll win. I think I think that we should really go there and you know, we should definitely be scoring quite a few goals yeah. when we're up there. So we know what it'll be, it'll be West Brom one, Spurs nil, Jake Livermore, wouldn't it, with the winner? Livermore's there, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's captain. Well, he'll always, he's at least vice-captain, because I've seen him wear the armband for a few games this season. But, yeah, look, hopefully uh, hopefully a, a victory at the weekend. Hey, Steve, you got a quiz for us? Yeah. Uh, so do you want to explain the rules for Expat J? So, Expat J, what we'll do is um, ASD will give us a, a game um, that Spurs have played and um, give us the date of that game and then half of the starting 11. So then between myself, you and Don, we've got to figure out the rest of that starting 11 for Spurs. So let's hope he's been kind and picked an easy one. But well, I've see... actually picked Bale, the last game Bale played for us, the last game he scored in, 1-0 against Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, that was, I th- I'm pretty sure that was the, was that the Newcastle Ghost Goal game as well? Yeah. Well, that was a, a shocking day. Cause I think we all knew he was leaving then as well. It just, it just felt that way. Um, 1-0, Bale scored. 19th of May 2013. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, wow. Right. Well, this is then, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so, you have a goalkeeper. You have Hugo Lloris. You have a centre-back, which I want. Then you've got Dawson as the other centre-back partner. At right-back, you've got Carl Walker. Then I want the left-back. Then I've got a left midfielder. I've got Huddleston in the middle. I've got another central midfielder. And then I've got Lennon on the right. So at midfield, I need a left and a central. And then Bale playing behind this striker. So centre-back, left-back, Left mid, left wing, centre mid, striker, please. Okay, and you said so. This the centre off would have been partnering Dawson. So, and the substitutes, if you want them, Friedel, Norton, Kulka, Siggy, Holtby, Defoe, and Dembele. Dembele on the bench is ridiculous. Um, I think centre back might have been Jan Vertonghen. That's correct. Correct. Okay. Um, left back. Left back. Which a Benny. Benny, Disco Benny, ben, Benoit Asurakotu. So in the centre midfield to play alongside Tom Huddleston. I mean, it's AVB, so I'd have to guess Jake Livermore. No, but you're not you're not in the wrong. It's not an attacking play. Scott Parker. <laughs> Sunderland at home and you got Parker and Huddleston centre midfield. God. Yeah, but you had Bale. That was just, you didn't need anyone else, right? So a left midfielder. One of my least favourite players. Uh, at that time left wing well Lennon's on the right so it, mm. he's not naturally a left midfielder um, he's an attacking midfielder Lewis Holtby no he's on the bench and you said Sigurdsson was on the bench as well did you yeah his ne- his number didn't match his position he's a rapper and was it Clint Dempsey it was Clint Dempsey I didn't get that from the rapper. Yes. I got it from the number, to Have be honest. Have you not seen the juice rapping on YouTube? No, I think no. I, I, think oh I was washing my hair that night. Oh, you need to see that. <laughs> it's a shocker. And then we need the centre forward, do we? So it's Bale yeah. and then a, a striker. Um, I would say. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, in a bad front too. No, it's fine. Their, team, good wasn't, their team wasn't bad. Mignolet, O'Shea... Kula, 
Ndai, Larson, Colbeck, Vaughan, Johnson, McLean, Graham, Wickham. Just a lot of, like McLean always did something, didn't he? Connor yeah. Wickham bundling about. He's a big boy, Connor Wickham. Yeah. You forget how long he's been about. He's only like 27 as well, isn't he, Connor Wickham? It's like, because I remember when it was at Ipswich that he came through and everyone was after him when he was yeah. like 17, 18. All of the sides were looking at him like, oh, there's a striker here. I think he played schoolboy football for England, didn't he? And it was like, this guy's going to be unreal. And I don't know where I don't know where he is now. Is he still at Palace, maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, he is here. Is he? Yeah. Um, good quiz, though. I still enjoyed that. That's one, man. I've never seen us lose to Sunderland. I've been to Sunderland away before. It was a brilliant, oh, brilliant win. It? When, um, it was me, my brother and my dad. We went there and back in a day. So my dad drove us up there. Yeah. Um, this is going back quite a while. It was Did he go in 60 in the middle lane? Of course he was. <laughs> and he didn't need to go any faster than that. Um, he was happy with that. Um, it was actually Pascal Chimbonda's second debut for Spurs. Like This is how bad it was back then. Um, so we went all the way up there. So it's a three o'clock kickoff. So I think we set off at about six, half six in the morning. It's a long drive from London. Like It's yeah. a long way to go. And uh, we what were... Time, what time did you go? Sorry? What time, you, what time of year did you go? I think, I think it was like, it was end of February, start of March. So we'd just, it was the year when we'd got Harry. So we were right down the bottom of the league. So like, it was like a relegation dogfight game. Um, so we went up there, Pascal Chimbonda's making his second debut. Um, they went one nil up after about two minutes from a Chimbonda howler, absolute howler. Um, so we're standing there thinking literally it's like six and a half hour drive and we're a goal down after two minutes. Um, but Robbie, Robbie Keane off the bench got an equaliser in injury time of the second half. So right at the end. And we all went absolutely crazy. I remember jumping on my dad and him collapsing and cutting all of his leg on the seat. So it was there. Yeah, been there. Brilliant away day. Brilliant away day. I mean, dreadful result. And we were all chanting, we are staying up at the end. It was like <laughs> my surrealist things. But good times. <laughs> Right, uh, does anyone else have anything else I'd like to cover? No, just we've had loads of players called up. So Rodon and Davis called up for Wales. Uh, Doherty's called up for Ireland. I think, was it Winks, Kane, Dyer called up for England. Uh, Lloris and Sissoko, not in Dembele, called up for France. That might not be a bad thing, though. That might, again, give Dembele even more time to just keep working on his fitness and and so how he wants to play for Spurs because he started the season very, very well. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, Jay, great to have you on. Hopefully it's the first of first of many appearances. Oh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's good to, good to have a bit of Spurs banter. Oh, mate, you get a debut, you get a hat-trick ball if you come on free time, so hopefully you'll get that soon. <laughs> Don, ASD, always a pleasure seeing you both and chatting all things Spurs. And uh, yeah. thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock.
the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.